Greetings, and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and uh, with me as usual, we have Patrick Brewer. How are you doing, Patrick? Doing good, James. How about yourself? Uh, not doing too bad. Uh, Padres took two out of three from the Pirates, which was uh, a little bit of a surprise, but uh, they got a tough series coming up this weekend against the Cardinals. We'll, we'll see uh, We'll see how they do. The return of Jed Jerko. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the return of Jed Jerko, and uh, I'm sure he's definitely motivated to, to put the ball in play today. Uh, He'll hit the, five home runs tonight, probably. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that would be fitting. Um, okay, for folks, for our uh, 18th uh, podcast, uh, we are lucky enough to have uh, Chris Ello here, uh, sports talk show host and uh, voice of the San Diego, San Diego State Athletics. Um, how are you doing today, Mr. Ello? Hi, guys. Uh, doing well. Doing well. And uh, I, I agree on the Jed Jerko thing. I, isn't he not the front runner for NL MVP this year? <laughs> yeah, I, Patrick just recently changed his Twitter handle to That's So Padres, and I think that would be fitting for, for Jericho to back and have a monster seems series. Like that always, seems like that always happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, okay, Chris, um, why don't you tell the fans a little bit about yourself and uh, your history with the Padres just to educate them? Sure. Um, you know, so I mean, I went to San Diego State, and um, I... Uh, I actually played with Tony Gwynn for a couple of years back in the days. Wow. That's my that's probably my greatest claim to fame. <laughs> Might be my only claim to fame. Um, <laughs> so I've been you know following this team since the '80s, and uh, certainly remember the 1984 World Series, and remember you know I'm kind of happy to see some of the the brown back in the uniforms this year. It's kind of and and then the design of the All Star uniforms, which are you know, really harkening back to that 1984 season. So, you know, that you know that, that was a magical year. The problem is the Padres obviously haven't had enough of those <laughs> since. But yeah. um, this year, uh, for the first time, I'm working on the uh, Padres Social Hour. So I'm having a great time with that, uh, with Mike Janella, and I've been on with uh, Bill Center and Bob Scanlon and Randy Jones. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. I mean, just sitting around talking Padres baseball for an hour or so, fans out there haven't seen the Padres Social Hour. I had actually never watched it before. Um, I got on this year, but uh, it's it's nice. It's a fun little, it's a fun hour, and uh, we have a lot of fun talking Padres baseball, so people ought to check it out prior to the games. Yeah, definitely. It's nice for the fans to feel they get to interact with uh, sports personalities and, and players and stuff and such. So. I think so. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. We've had a good time. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm on a couple times a week, so... Um, so I'm, I feel a little closer to the Potters. I've covered them in the past for uh, actually my I, I started my career as a sports writer. So if you go all the way back to the mid '80s when I was like 10 years old, <laughs> uh, but just out of college, um, I covered the Padres uh, on a part-time basis for the LA Times San Diego edition. Okay. And um, wrote a bunch of Padres stories back then when uh, Larry Bowe was managing and. And then, of course, during my sports talk radio career, you know, I've always followed them and covered them. But uh, nice. this is kind of weird this year because, in a sense, with the Padres Social Hour, I'm, I'm actually employed by the Padres. <laughs> but they're, you know, they've been very good about, you know, I mean, they don't want us to just go on the Padres Social Hour and just rip apart the team. Yeah, of course. Which I can yeah. understand. But at the same time, they want us to be honest. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been great. It's been great fun. 
Definitely, definitely. Okay, so well, let's let's get a little honest about the team. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, about the team this year? Uh, I know uh, they don't want to use the word rebuilding, but it, it seems pretty evident that they're restructuring, if you will. Um, tell me what you, what you think about the team this year. Well, I'm a little concerned about it. Um, you know, I mean, when you go back and you look at what they had last year and uh, finished 14 games under 500 and and you take away Justin Upton, who was, you know, arguably their best bat. And, you know, you lose Ian Kennedy in the middle of the rotation. You lose Craig Kimbrell at the at the back end there as your stopper. And you lose Jed Jerko, as we discussed a little earlier. But, you know, the Padres are young. And, you know, as long as the Dodgers are able to spend two and a half or two hundred million to two and a half, two hundred million dollars a year on their payroll. You know, the Potters are just at a competitive disadvantage going into the season. And um, you know, I mean I got right off the bat, I mean, that was shown in that very first series that mm-hmm. Potters have a mile, you know, miles to go to to be on the same level as the Dodgers. And you know, you've got the Giants that are three time world champions in there struggling a little bit right now. Arizona goes out and spends money on Zach Greinke and mm-hmm. you know, all I can really say for the for the Potters is thank God for the Rockies who always seem to keep them <laughs> to the bottom of the standings. Yeah, I think they they kind of take a little bit of the pressure off of the Padres as far as the uh, basement. But, um, yeah, I mean I'm I mean who how could you not be concerned about a team that's already been shut out five times and almost got shut out two other times. So I mean it's almost been half their games that They've, they've shown up with no offense at all. And, and I'll tell you another thing. I mean, I you look at the team ERA, uh, the team ERA is about 4.6 right now, 4.7 after uh, the 11-to-1 game last night. So, you know, you can't have an ERA like that if you're going to be trotting out a lineup that only scores two or three runs a game and you're playing in Petco Park. I mean, so everybody's blaming the offense, and, and rightly so, but – uh, these pitchers have to do a better job. I mean, uh, Tyson Ross is hurt. James Shields and Andrew Kashner have yet to pick up a victory between them, and uh, you're you're not going to you know you're not going to compete at all if you don't have your, you know the, what's considered to be your strength. If that's not even your strength, then uh, I, you know there's a lot to be worried about. No, yeah, I definitely agree. A lot of people are uh, overlooking the the stats for the pitching staff, and there are some troubling signs with with the staff. Um, it, it's nice to see Pomeranz step up though, and and uh, and give us a little bit of a future look at, at what is a possibility for the team. Um, it's nice to have a left-handed pitcher in, in the rotation, that's for sure. Um, but I like the way he pitched the other night, and I mean, I obviously like the way Robbie Erland pitched in his first two games. But those are, you know, now he's on the disabled list, so. I mean, those are small sample sizes. I mean, you, you, you can't count on those guys, you know, yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you, mm-hmm. you hope that they develop into consistent big league pitchers. But, you know, this team is really built around Tyson Ross, James Shields, and Andrew Cashman. And those three guys have to be outstanding. And, um, you know, I think the most concerning thing about this season so far is not being 6-10, and 10, but it's being without Tyson Ross. I mean, how many? I mean, look, if the Dodgers lost their ace, they would be fairly mortal without Clayton Kershaw and mm-hmm. the Giants without Madison Bumgarner or the Diamondbacks without Zach Greinke. So, you know, that that's kind of what the Padres are without right now. And 
man, that's just, that's no fun. I mean, I, you're already at a competitive disadvantage, and now you're without your arguably your best pitcher. Speaking of uh, Tyson Ross, what are your thoughts on that whole uh, situation? Like, I know he was originally it was precautionary supposedly, and then he got an MRI, and that that came back where he didn't need a surgery. So now they're just going to wait it out some more. So are you how concerned are you that he's going to be out for a long time? I'm 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 really concerned. I, I seriously am, and, and I'm not a panic kind of guy. Um, but, you know, look, I mean, when you go on the disabled list and then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks go by and they're not seeing any improvement, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be worried about that. And, and, I mean, he misses two or three months. Oh, my gosh. I mean, where's his team going to be by the time he comes back? And I, I was joking about this on the social hour the other day, the the only good news surrounding Tyson Ross is that I've, yet, I've not yet heard the name Dr. James Andrews. Because <laughs> if you hear that name, then, you know, James, Tyson Ross is gone for a year. I mean, nothing ever good happens when a pitcher goes to visit Dr. James Andrews. So let's just hope that, you know, whatever it is, I mean, that they don't know exactly what it is. The MRI was pretty unclear. Yeah, it's, a, it's a nerve-wracking situation for the Padres and and, I mean, let's face it, you guys, they're not going to overcome it this mm-hmm. season and contend in the NL West without, you know, like I said, their ace pitcher. Yeah, I was on the I was in the boat where I thought Tyson Ross should have already been traded by now if they really were serious about rebuilding. And I think the flip side of the coin is this really impacts his trade value. If he's not healthy in the next several months, there's there's really no way he's going to be traded this year. And next offseason, his trade value is even less. So, I mean, people don't want to hear about him being traded, obviously, because he's a big part of the team. But I think on the flip side of the coin, that's another thing to consider, that this is a serious situation in that regard as well. Well, if that's the way you're going to you know, go about it, um, yeah, that's a big problem. And, and so is Andrew Kashner not having a win, and so is James Shields not having a win. Now, I, I still think those two guys have some trade value, but... Mm-hmm. I'm personally a little different than you, Patrick. I, I, you know, to me, and I understand trading your most valuable asset is a good way to rebuild. Mm-hmm. But when I have a strength, and I think the Padres do have, at least on paper, a strength with those three starting pitchers, I, I'd like to kind of make that the the core, the anchor of what I build around. So, and Tyson Ross is a young pitcher. I mean, this guy has a chance, I and mean, you know, he's only in his what third full season so yeah um, you know I, I i i'm not looking to trade these guys i'm looking to get production out of these guys and that's why i'm disappointed right now i i know that shields hasn't pitched poorly but he hasn't won a game and he's having problems giving up the home run ball and cashner mm-hmm. is you know falls behind seems like uh, he's not ready in the early innings and you cannot give up four runs in the first inning if you're a Padres starting pitcher, not with this offense. So, And then they gave him a lead a couple of starts ago, and he didn't hold that. So uh, I'm a little, you know, those three guys, for various reasons, those are big-time concerns. The rest of this thing, I mean, you know, look, you don't have Solarte right now. You don't have Spangenberg. Um, I, did any of us expect them to have a big-time offense anyway? You know, I, I don't think we did. So, you know, what what they're getting on offense is probably what they should be getting. Hopefully they get a little more. But, you know, the pitching is what you had, and, and right now you don't have that. 
Yeah, no, you, the loss of, of Ross is uh, it has a trickle down effect. It, it's making you know Field step up. It makes Cashner step up, and if they fail to do so, then you know it's it's going to be a long year. And um, you know, I, I was actually under the 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 boat or the the impression that, that the Padres could have or should have signed uh, Ross to a long term extension. I mean, obviously that that's probably not in the cards right now, but. I agree with you. He, he's an ace pitcher and someone that you want to try to lock lock up long term. And uh, you know, I thought that that they could have explored, um, you know, working with him on a long term deal before the season started. But you know, all that's hindsight now, and, and we're just gonna have to play it by ear and and see how his shoulder recovers. Um, you know, Kashner is is someone that uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued by. I, I'd really love to know your thoughts on 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 him, Chris, and. Why he's not, um, you know, taking his game to the next level? That's a good question, I mean, and it's time for him to take his game to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, first of all, you know, Kashner's a guy that I've been covering since college because uh, you mentioned earlier I do San Diego State games, and I've done a lot of baseball. And uh, when Strasburg was pitching at San Diego State, he was matching up against Kashner when Kashner was at TCU. So. Um, you know, I go back a ways with Andrew Kashner, and I, and I think he has a lot more talent than he's showing. I think one of the things that's that's bothering him, or at least in the back of his mind, he would probably never admit it, but when you get traded for Anthony Rizzo, uh, and Rizzo goes to the Cubs, and then all of a sudden people are start talking about Rizzo as a potential MVP, and the Cubs as a potential World Series team, and I don't know if any of that's going to ever happen. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet in my lifetime. So, <laughs> um, But I think that Kashner's kind of peeking over his shoulder at what Rizzo's doing and not taking care of his own business. I mean, this guy's good enough. There's no reason for him to have a season like he had last year. What did he lose, 16 ball games? Yeah, yeah. You know, he doesn't have a win yet this year. Uh, he's got to start bearing down and, and start – pitching, you know, doing what Andrew Kashner can do. I, you know, look, going back to those games, I saw him pitch in, in Dallas when he was with TCU. Mm-hmm. He was every bit as electric as Strasburg. Maybe not, you know, maybe not quite Strasburg, but, you know, a very, very, very good pitcher in college and very good, you know, he's got the stuff. So yeah. got the stuff, it tells me that something's kind of bugging you, something's holding you back, and you know that's up to the Padres and and their staff to find out what it is and and get the get the get the real talent to come out of this guy because he's certainly got it. Yeah, no, you can never question his ability. I mean, early in his career, he had injury issues here and there, but he's been healthy the past year and a half, and and you just haven't seen the dominant um, consistency from him that you, that you really expect to see from from someone who throws high nineties with uh, excellent off speed stuff that he has. Don't you see a lot of Matt Latos in him right now? I mean, yeah, uh, fortunately, yeah, (laughs) fortunately, yeah. And as a matter of fact, Latos at least had some success. You know, he had a few runs there where he was pretty tough. Yeah, and and, you know, I think I think Kashner all all around has better stuff than Latos as well. I mean, it's just I agree with you. Uh, I, you know, like I said, Kashner is a big frustration for me. I mean, I, I didn't expect. You know, John Jay to come over from St. Louis and hit 35 home runs and drive in 110 runs. You know what I'm saying? He's not that kind of player. 
Yeah. Um, John Jay's doing what John Jay does. And, uh, you know, he's starting to play a little better center field. I think the first homestand, he took him a little while to kind of get used to the surroundings at Petco. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's all right. He's getting on base a little bit here and there. And you're getting what you think you're going to get from John Jay. And, you know, Alexi Ramirez, I think, at shortstop is actually a better player than he's shown so far. We've seen little flashes, but... I think this is a guy that's going to wind up with 10 to 12 home runs and steal 15 to 20, 20 bases, and, and he plays a tremendous shortstop. He's one of the you know good glove guys in the league. So, you know, he hasn't shown it yet, but it's April, it's early. I, I think you'll get more from him. But he's also not Cal Ripken. You know, he didn't come over here to change the fortunes of the franchise. He came over here to you know, try and help this club along. The only thing that's going to change the fortunes of this franchise is if those three big-name pitchers are just studs and, and you know, all three of them win 17 games and all three of them have ERAs around three and all three of them strike out, you know, 150 to 175 batters. You know, now, you know, you mix in Pomerantz and Erlin and, Colin Ray and, you know, whoever else, you know, maybe Brandon Morrow comes back. I mean, now you got the makings of a contending team, but you don't have it without those three guys. So since you were bouncing around the uh, diamond a little bit, I wanted your thoughts on Will Myers, kind of uh, your impression of him at first so far, um, him at the plate, how he's looking in your eyes. Will Myers, I think, is, again, you know, first of all, he's a great athlete. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, uh, he played center field last year. You know, was he uh, was he Joe DiMaggio? Of course he wasn't. But <laughs> he gave you a pretty good center field. And, and I expected that he'd go to first base and give you a pretty good first base. I mean, I think he works as hard as anybody. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a valuable guy in this team. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the things that this – team is lacking. I mean, it's been put together, you know, as I guess the best that A.J. Preller can do, but they're certainly missing, you know, middle-of-the-order guys. I guess Matt Kemp is a middle-of-the-order guy, but you got Melvin Upton Jr. has been batting cleanup lately. I, I, I don't know how, I mean, how long that can last uh, unless he somehow, somehow has a revival back to the B.J. Upton Tampa Bay years, but... Uh, you know, I think Will Myers is a good number two or number six type of hitter. And as long as he's in those spots, I think he's going to give you a good season. But if you force him to bat third, fourth, or fifth, then you're asking him to drive in 90 runs. And I, I don't know that that's really what he's best suited for. I think he's suited to be a 270, 280 hitter and, you know, get into the, the teens, 15 to 20 home runs. And, you know, hopefully drive in 60 to 70. I, I think Will Myers is a valuable, positive member of a winning team, but I don't think Will Myers is a guy that can make you a winning team, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I still think he's a pretty pretty big piece to uh, build around in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him as a two-hitter, too. I, I think he's been good in that role so far. And I agree, he's not much of a... I don't really want to say he's much of a 3-4 hitter. I mean, he's got some power, but I think it's... His hit tool is better than his power tool for sure, and, and Kemp's more of that kind of power guy. And, yeah, I, I agree completely with your point about Melvin Upton. I mean, he's playing a lot better, but he's not a cleanup hitter by any standard, and I think they really do need another bat in that lineup, not just this year but in the future, if they really want to build a winning product. 
Yeah, and I don't want to get into the whole, you know, discussion of ownership and spending money and, you know, mm -hmm. because, look, it, it, they're going about building this team the best way they can. I actually like Ron Fowler, and I and I like what, you know, I like A.J. Preller. And I, I like Mike D., and I like what, you know, everybody's trying to get done in this organization. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, if they would just spend, you know, uh, you know, major dollars, and if they had re-signed Justin Upton to a monster deal and gone out and got another cleanup hitter somewhere in free agency, then, you know, they would show us that they're really trying to win. That, to me, that's a bunch of malarkey. They want to win. They're, they're doing what they can, and, and they're playing the hand that's dealt to them, and the hand that's dealt to them is that baseball is played on an uneven playing field. It, it just is. Mm -hmm. And it always it always has been, and the Dodgers and the Giants and the you know Diamondbacks have a little more money to spend than the Padres uh, do. You know, if you're going to play that game, that the team I'd be mad at is the Rockies because that that's a franchise that I do think has more money to spend and you know doesn't spend the money they have very wisely. But yeah. um, and the, the Padres are what they are, and for people to be complaining and saying, well, they don't want to try to win, and they just you know they're not. They're not putting an effort. I, I just don't buy that stuff. I, I mean, and you can't just find number four hitters in free agency unless you're willing to spend, you know, what kind of amounts to your entire budget. And if you do that, then you're going to have a number four hitter floating around on an island because nobody's going to be around him. Yeah, I think um, I think not signing Justin Upton was a good move in the in the long term. And I think as teams like the Cubs and Astros have proven, you, you need to build young and you don't need to be spending a bunch of money on just random players when you don't have that good core to back it up like one player is not going to win championships so i, I prefer it never has you know people yeah people go back i always really like to go back to the the 90s yankees who won mm -hmm. their four championships i think in six years there and everybody thinks mm -hmm. the yankees won because they outspent everybody and they had all the money that certainly yeah. didn't hurt mm -hmm. but the reason the Yankees were so good was because of the homegrown players that they had that were the heart of that franchise. Yeah. Jeter, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada, Andy Pettit, you know, guys that were Yankees. That that's that was that was the core and then they were able to spend and build around that. The Cubs are doing that now with with young players. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, God, they have so many good young players that they were able to get rid of Starling Castro. You know, I mean, he was a pretty good young player coming up. But, you know, and they're, they're going without Schwarber now for the rest of the season. But they still got they've still got Solaire that they can plug in. So and the Astros, I mean, you're right. I mean, they had so many years where they were a 50, 60 win team. They took advantage of it by drafting well and getting players like Correa and Springer and all of these guys and. And and if you want to criticize the Padres organization, don't criticize them for the money thing. Criticize them for the fact that they have just done a poor job in the draft. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think they can even argue that point, can they? I mean, they, mm -hmm. they have not, you know, been able to come up with two or three big-time players despite picking, you know, fairly high in the draft every time. and. You know, I mean, I'm glad Corey Spangenberg has made the big league team, and it looks like you know he's a possible guy that can stay as a former number one pick. But and your number one picks when you're picking in the top ten, they have to they have to turn into Correas if Houston, you know, not Spangenbergs. They got to be better. That's how you're going to do it. 
Yeah, no, they've they've consistently wasted picks, and it's it's been frustrating for fans to 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 witness. I mean, and and a lot of that has been money motivated. I mean, when they took Matt Bush, they passed on Stephen Drew and and Justin Verlander and stuff like that. And you know, it, it's it's frustrating for the fan base to, you know, when you get a high draft pick, your in, the intent is to take the best player available, and and clearly they they had some money factors that were that were contributing in in their uh, decisions. Uh, there's yeah, I mean they'll they'll never live that Matt Bush pick down and <laughs> now what isn't Matt Bush starting to make a run to get back to the big leagues? I, yeah, he's throwing. Pos- yeah, he's throwing high nineties for the Rangers. Uh, yeah, AAA I, keep, and- I keep hearing positive reports about Matt Bush, and I'm thinking that's all the Padres need is for this <laughs> guy, who is a complete tool. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And- and basically was was told by anybody around San Diego baseball, you know, told the Padres, you're getting yourself a very immature kid. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. So that that's even more annoying was the fact that yes, okay, they didn't they 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 were quote hamstrung by the money situation, but then then they went against everybody's advice and took a player that everyone told them wasn't probably going to amount to much, and now he's amounting to something. That's, that's Oh, that's going to be. So- <laughs> I can't even tell you how frustrated Padre. You think you love the you say think Padre fans are frustrated. Wait till Matt Bush pitches his first shutout for the Texas. Rangers. Oh man! I mean, they'll be ready to <laughs> they'll be ready to overturn Petco Park. So yeah, and and that would really be so fitting too. The, as far as the Padres' luck with uh with things like that, you know, it's just it's You'd probably been- pitch it against them too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that and and then Patrick can uh, break out his new Twitter ID. That's so Padres, right, Patrick? There you go, yep. Patrick. <laughs> yep, that's very uh, fitting, I think. <laughs> okay, Chris, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the catcher situation. Um, I know uh, Norris is the man right now, but Austin Hedges has seemed to make some progress with his bat uh, in the minors. Um, the Padres have a big decision uh, eventually to make down the road. Well, one of the two is probably going to have to be dealt. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on that situation. Um, they can't, uh, at least to me, you know, in order to, to build what we're talking about, they can't trade Austin Hedges. They, they have to develop him. Uh, they have to continue to work with him. As you said, his hitting's a little better now. Uh, you know, in the next year or two, it gets better, and he becomes your everyday catcher. I, you got to... If you're a Padre fan right now, you want to see Derek Norris go on a hot streak. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we're going to get that, but... Mm-hmm. You want to see this guy start knocking the ball around a little bit and, and and throwing out some runners so that you can get a little something back and trade for him. But I I don't think you can build it around Derek Norris. I think you're going to have to build it around Austin Hedges. And this is when we go back to our draft again and we say, hey, did you get the right kind of guy here? So um, that's what I think about the catcher position. Austin Hedges are bust and um, – you know, let Derek Norris keep the seat warm for a little while. But uh, by midseason this year, depending on where you are in the standings, Austin Hedges has to come up and, and, and start playing every day. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think um, Hedges is the future. You, you know, you, you want a defensive catcher, although Norris's defense has, has improved slightly as far as uh, throwing out base runners and stuff. But I still have questions with his with his pitch framing and his pitch calling. You know, I think Hedges is just a better, better long-term plan for them, and, and I think Norris is probably has the more value right now as far as uh, getting a return in a trade. Yeah, 
I don't know if he has more value. I, I think teams around baseball would probably like to have a young Hedges just as much okay. as they'd like to have a Derek Norris. But okay. I think, you know, because yeah. they realize that he's just starting his career and he's got the potential to be as the – we're getting close to the NFL draft, so I can use this word. The upside on Austin Hedges is very good, you know, very much, very high ceiling. So I, I think that he, you know, draws some interest if that's the way you want to go. But I don't want to go that way. I want to build with young, good players. And, you know, either Hedges is going to be one of those young, good players and the Padres are going to benefit here in the next six or seven years, or he's not going to amount to much and then the Padres aren't going to benefit. But to me, that's what you got to go with right now. you got to draft. you got to draft well. you got mm-hmm. to... You know, the Padres are picking from the same pool of players that everybody else is. And yeah. <laughs> I talked, when I talked earlier, it sounds silly, but when I talked earlier about their baseball's an unlevel playing field, it is in terms of the money you can spend and the free agency and things like that. But the draft is not an uneven playing field, right? No, I mean, no, everyone's not picking from this. The, the Yankees and the, you know, the Astros and the, and the Nationals, and they don't know about players that the Padres don't know about, right? You know, everybody yeah. knows the same players. So, you know, they're, they're picking a, from a, the same stash as everybody else, but they've done a poor job developing players, wouldn't you agree? Oh, definitely, definitely. Do you think uh, Logan White and Don Welke will hit the, help that situation out and, and you know, give us a, a decent uh, chance in the draft? I can't say they're going to be any worse than what we've had. <laughs> that's that's I mean, for I'm sure. I'm not going to be – I don't want to be – you know, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, they're, they're working against a very low bar right now, so uh, hopefully they can at least raise that bar a little bit. Yeah, really. I'm actually pretty confident in, in the in the crew because last year's draft has already looked pretty good so far. I mean, Austin Allen's been playing well. Uh, Brad Zanika's been playing well. I like Austin Smith and Jacob Nix a lot. And, I mean, they have a lot of picks this year. So, I mean, there's plenty of opportunity to do it right and also plenty of opportunity to do it wrong. But yeah. um, how confident are you in A.J. Preller, his ability to evaluate talent either in the draft or internationally? I know he's been kind of a big name. He's, he's known for the international uh kind of side of things but how how confident of uh in you are him sorry how confident yeah. are you in him i would say i'm cautiously confident in aj preller and I, and i think that's a fair way to be i'm um you know everybody tells me i don't sit and work with him side by side or anything and i'm not in his head i i know that he's i know that nobody's going to outwork him i know he's going to work very hard i don't does he ever sleep you know, I don't so, think so. <laughs> yeah, so I think he works pretty hard. So I don't have any issues with that. Um, so I'm cautiously comp- uh, confident that you know he's going to you know kind of change the fortunes of this uh, this baseball club. But um, can I can I be you know just can I just say hey I'm I, I'm sure of it? Of course I can't say that. I mean there hasn't been any anything to to make me think that yet and at least in, in the short amount of time he's been in this position so um you know hopefully he's the answer uh you got to give everybody a couple of years two or three years and you know some of this stuff's got to start bearing fruit yeah, yeah i think that's a fair assessment i think this this year's draft and then obviously the international signing period is going to be pretty indicative of of what the next few years are going to look like and if aj preller is going to be successful or not successful 
Yeah, and he's got a tough deal because he's, you know, look at the Dodgers again. I hate to keep bringing them up. They can mess up a couple of picks. They can mm-hmm. they can mess up on a couple of guys. They can they can go ahead and throw five million dollars at a you know a, an international player, and if that player doesn't work out, then so oh well, too bad. You know, really, uh, the Padres don't have that luxury. So AJ Preller has to not only be good, he has to in a lot of ways be better than his competition because he's working with a much smaller uh, window for failure. Yeah, no, there's definitely Dodgers definitely have uh, more room for failure, like you say. I mean, I, would they they spent like eighty million dollars on players that weren't on the roster last year or something like that. I mean, it's 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 pretty silly when when you look at it in that uh, in that regard. But you know, I don't know. Did you get your check from the Dodgers last year? I yeah. got a couple of checks from the Dodgers, so, yeah. <laughs> and they're paying everybody. So. Yeah, it's, it seems like it. It really did. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, Chris, let's change gears a little bit. I'd love to hear um, your thoughts on Jabari Blash. I, I know the fan base seems to really be in love with him, but to me, it seems like uh, a strange pick to have him on the team right now. It just there's no there's no place for him to play now, and, and the future with Renfro and Margot makes makes him cloudy as far as 2017, 2018, and you know he's he's 27 years old. He's not a young phenom. Tell me your thoughts on Blash and and what you think uh, the Padres are are doing with him. Let me first just say that uh, he was on the social hour with us last week. Uh I got to meet him, and I got to meet his mom. (laughs) And actually, his mom came, and and I talked with her for a little while. And she was just, what a nice lady. And, you know, they're from the Virgin Islands, and she's still got the accent. (laughs) Makes you just immediately think of the Virgin Islands. He's lost a lot of it. The accent, but um, you know he was an he was an interesting young guy. He didn't really like playing baseball. He used to purposely lose his bag of gear so that he couldn't go to practice. Wow. And his mom would call him and go, "Are you going to practice?" And he goes, "I can't find my gear." And she goes, "No, I have it in the car. I'll meet you over there." I mean, she kind of forced him to go play and, wow. and made him stick with it. So he's a great story, and it's and, and you know with his name. And the kind of spring he had, you can certainly understand why everybody's in love with him and would like to see him do well. But I think you bring up a pretty good point. He's kind of a player without a spot right now. I mean, unless you're going to just turn over left field to him and sit somebody down. Yeah. Um. You know, he he's he's just kind of holding a roster spot until the, those younger guys you mentioned are ready to make it to the big leagues. But. You know, there, there's still room in baseball for guys like this. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a couple of 1984s at you, but, I mean, you know, Kurt Bavacqua and Champ Summers were, mm-hmm. you know, guys without a position, but they were key guys to help the Padres, you know, get to that World Series that year coming off the bat, the, the bench. And, of course, Bavacqua hit the home run in the, in the World Series. But... You know, Blash could be a guy that could still be on your bench and, and, and deliver some couple of long balls, some key, you know, pinch hit shots for you. Mm-hmm. So there's a spot for him somewhere. But yes, as far as it doesn't look like he's the kind of guy that you're going to, you know, be making a main cog to build around. But I, I'm rooting for him. I think everybody else is too. Yeah, no, the, the fan base just just loves him. It, it's uh, and, and you know, the power is there. It, you know, it's just a matter of him getting uh, playing time. You know, a trade could happen more towards the middle of the season where the team moves Jay or, or even Upton if, if possible, and, and it could clear a spot for him. 
Um, I, I just want to see him get consistent at bats to 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 kind of get an idea of, of who he really is. Absolutely. I mean, that's that you can't get an idea of anybody until they play for at least a couple of months. Um, yeah, for sure. And I'll even I'll even go as far as to say that um, Trevor Story, the Rocky shortstop who you know broke all the records the first week with seven home runs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think he's hit one since then, and you know I'm not saying he's going to be in the minor leagues by July. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but you know the chances of Trevor Story finishing the season with 45 home runs and leading the National League are pretty remote. Yeah, uh, you need a you need a couple of months before you can really you know, really figure out a player. And, and you know the teams are pitching Trevor Story tough right now. They're not giving him anything out over the plate. And yeah, exactly. They're, they're, not, they're not saying, hey, we can get this guy out by just getting a, throwing a little get-me-over curveball because he'll hit yeah. it out of the ballpark. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Blast you're never going to really know about unless he played every day for a couple of months. And the scenario you said, if they could get somebody to take Melvin Upton, that would probably be one of the greatest things that could ever happen to the Padre organization going forward right now would be to get somebody to take Melvin Upton. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm afraid that's not going to happen. Yeah, well, if he continues to hit, you know, hopefully a miracle will happen and then and, uh, someone will have a, a need for a, you know, a right-handed uh, outfielder. We, we just yeah, gotta... somebody will, somebody's going to have to have a major injury. Um, somebody's going to have to be in contention to win a division. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Melvin Upton's going to have to be hitting 300 with 20 home runs in, in late July. And if all of those things happen, then maybe the Padres could convince somebody to take him. Yeah, yeah, we, we can hope. And, and, and that would clear up a spot for Blash and, and, uh, and probably uh, Janikowski as well, which, which I'm kind of eager to see what, uh, what he has to uh, bring to the table as well. Yeah, we got a little taste of him last year, but not enough. Yeah, yeah, he he's intriguing to me as well. He's a good top of the order type of guy. You know, I'd like to see him put the ball and play a little more, uh, a little more effectively, if you will. But uh, you know, he seems to have a decent upside. I, I like his defense, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's you're going to have to always have a great defensive center fielder in Petco Park. I mean, that's that's going to be essential to whatever ball, you know, whatever team they put together that's going to contend. They're going to have to have a good center fielder there and. You know, I think they thought they had it with Cameron Maven, and unfortunately, he didn't work out. And then he goes to Detroit, and he starts, you know, playing a lot better. I mean, that, yeah. those things frustrate you, don't they? You know, those, yeah. those things. Oh. You, know, you you get a guy like Cam Maven, and, and you know what kind of talent he, you know, has, and you put him on your club for a couple of years, and just you don't get anything out of him. So you finally say, all right, it's time to move on. Yeah. And then he goes somewhere else, and he plays like you know. He's a fairly decent player, and you're like, oh, man, I mean, that's just – I think that's bad luck more than anything else. And the Padres have – what did, What was your handle again, Patrick? That's so Padres. Yeah, there you go. That, that's 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 it, man. That's that's unfortunate but true. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Okay, um, last question for you. I'm, I'm, I'm a big tradition guy for this team. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I've rooted for this team my whole life. I, I You know, I remember the 84 World Series. Um you know, what is it going to take for this team to kind of embrace its tradition and kind of, you know, and I'm not speaking particularly about the, the jerseys specifically, but just kind of embrace. I, I love the fact that this team uh, this year is uh, opening the Padres Hall of Fame. Um, we're, you know, we're doing more things to kind of embrace the, the Padres tradition. And, and, and I think if they do that, you know, the wins will start to come. Uh, the fans will start to 
kind of embrace the team a little better. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on how the team can, uh, can embrace their tradition and, and, and kind of uh, form a Padres way, if you will? Yeah. Hmm. That's a tough question because uh, the reason I think feel it's a tough question is because they don't have a lot to embrace necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you're talking about two championship seasons in 40 years. Um, you're talking about, you know, if you start if you start thinking about the greatest players in the Padres history, I mean, you you certainly can't. You can't be including Randy Jones any more than you're already including him. You know, he's, he's a great spokesperson for Padres baseball. Uh, Dave Winfield, I mean, has been part of the organization for, for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, we lost Tony Gwynn and we lost Ken Caminiti, you know, who are two of the greatest players this franchise ever had. And, you know, Caminiti, an MVP award winner. So I, you know... I think that I think in a lot of ways I'm not going to dis I'm not, not going to disagree with what you're getting at, James. But mm. I just think that they need to kind of worry more about building a tradition than they do about reviving any sense of tradition because I, I don't know that the, there's a whole lot there. At yeah. least I don't feel like there is. Um, yeah, you know, no, I, I, I agree with still you. Still playing with the Giants and yeah. Know, Trevor Hoffman is still around this team. I mean, almost everybody that's been a part of this team and been a great player is is, is part of this team. I mean, I you know, yeah. nobody, anybody who plays in San Diego, their career ends. They stay in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, no, you know, I, I agree with you that the tradition hasn't been there, but I, I think I'm more towards what you're saying. They need to to build a tradition, if you will, you know, letting Bruce Bochy leave to San Francisco, letting Tim Flannery leave, you know, lifetime Padres, um, letting Adrian Gonzalez leave, you know, things like that are detrimental to the team in the long yes. run. And, and they need to, to focus on things like that. If you have a player that you drafted, that's a lifetime Padre, you need to make, go the extra effort to make sure that they, you know, that you attempt to keep them with the, the with the team to kind of help, you know, cultivate these young players and kind of build a tradition, if you will. And, and, you know, that's, that's what I want, you know, and I think that once this team kind of embraces that thought process and, and kind of uh, looks that way that, you know, the wins will come and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a positive Padre fan and, you know, I've been, I've been waiting my whole life and <laughs> a couple more years isn't going to hurt me. No, sir. You got plenty of time. Um, I'm running out of time, so <laughs> I needed to be a little quicker, but you know, your point on Adrian Gonzalez is well taken. I mean, and, and we know that they didn't draft him. He went to Texas in the draft, but mm-hmm. picked him up and a local guy. And, and he should still be playing first base for the Padres. I, I don't think there's any question about it. I think even he thinks he should be playing first base for the Padres. He just, he every time I look at him, he still just doesn't look comfortable yeah. in Dodger blue. His talent is undeniable, but... I'm hoping that that this statement is correct, and, and, and the statement would go something like this, but I think if the Adrian Gonzalez situation came up as it did a few years ago, but this current ownership was in place, mm-hmm. I don't think they would have let him go. No. In and, fact, Ted, Ted Leitner had said something like that on the air. I think I heard him say something like that also, and yeah. I, think that that, yeah. I hope that's right. So, you know, if they do find somebody that you know falls into their lap that's a local type product and somebody that the fans can embrace and really rally around and 
especially when you've got the, you know, the, the Latino community that's in San Diego so close to the border. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a big error by, by that ownership group to, to, to not bite the bullet and spend the money and keep a guy like that around. And, yeah. and so I think you're fair to bring that up. Yeah, no, that's that's one of my worst uh, pet peeves as far as the Padres. I mean, I'm a South Bay guy. Uh, I, I played baseball with his brother. You know, it, it's it, it was it was tough for me to see him to see them let him leave without really pursuing a, a contract with him. I mean, people can say that he went to Boston and he took a lot of money, but he did that after the fact that the Padres already let him go. I I, I think that him and his agent John Boggs, who was uh, Tony Gwynn's agent would have worked out a, a team-friendly deal if if the ownership was really willing to do that, and you know it's something that it drives me crazy seeing him as a Dodger. It really does. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst possible outcome to to have to see him on your rival, uh, your your bitter, your most bitter rival. And then what did he do against the Padres last year? Remember yeah. that. He hit yeah. like what eight home runs in the first six games against them or something. Yeah, yeah he's ridiculous. So it's funny what what uh, motivation will do for a ball player in uh, as far as their stats are concerned. Yeah, I, I think you know overall to sum up, guys. I think you know this is going to be. I I don't think rebuilding or whatever. I don't really care about those words. I, I just think it's going to be kind of a mediocre season, and um, you know I think that uh, you know the seventy five wins is about right. And that's where they were last year. So, um, you know, I think that after this season, and I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but I think if the, if a season does go the way I kind of expect it to go, then, you know, they got to get together and say, all right, how do we make this next step? I mean, because they're two or three steps away mm-hmm. from, you know, being a contender. Now, they could – Anybody could catch lightning in a bottle the way the Rockies did, remember, in 2007, and they won yes. 21 games in a row or something like that. A holiday slide. Yeah, the, he still hasn't touched home plate. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing. But, you know, that was – look at what's happened to the Rockies franchise since then. Nothing. You know, they, they just caught one hot streak, and you conceivably catch that kind of a hot streak too, but – in order to be a, a true contender, I think they're two or three steps away, and they have to start thinking to themselves, okay, how are we going to go about doing this? And, they, you know, the long-range plan is a little bit hard to see through the fog right now because I, I don't know that any of us know exactly what they're planning to do. Last year was – last year they took a stab at bringing in a whole bunch of big-name free agents, and that didn't work, and I, I, I'm not so sure I thought it was going to work. It's hard, man. You've got to build from within. You guys have said it, and um, I, I think that hopefully that's what they're going to be able to do. Yeah. No, we're just going to have to remain, remain positive. Uh, as a Padre fan, that's kind of our, our uh, MO, if you will. But, uh, you know, it's it's early. Um, we're just, you know, a lot of things can happen, and, and uh, hopefully they can take those uh, those extra steps that they need to, to make this team a, a contending team. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, everybody hopes so, don't they? I mean, you know, unless you're just a, a Padre hater, but yeah. listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that you're a pretty good Padre fan. So, of yes, course, definitely. And that this is going to happen. And, um, you know, hopefully, maybe it'll happen a little sooner rather than later. And, you know, sometimes, you know, things speed up a little bit and go a little faster than you want to, you expected them to. So, let's hope that that happens with this franchise. Yep, we can definitely, all we can do is hope for sure. All right. <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah. Either that or they realign the divisions and take the Dodgers and the Giants out. That wouldn't be any fun. Then we wouldn't have anybody to hate. <laughs> oh, it would be more fun, though, to try and to try and beat some other teams and those guys. Yeah. Can we handpick the division? <laughs> Can we get like yes, the I think, they should, I think they should rearrange the divisions based on um, the kind of money the teams have to spend. So you're playing, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Cubs. Mm. That's they an interesting one so. division and beat each other and the Red Sox and all beat each other up that way and let the Padres mess around with the Brewers and yeah. the Twins and if they, so if they, I was going to say the Royals but the Royals yeah. are good now so <laughs> can't if, say them anymore. If they do that, I don't think uh, I don't think we'd ever see the the Padres on national television though. They'd always be uh, Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Mets. Would we care? Yeah. I mean, yes, we would care, but if the Padres <laughs> were in first place, I don't think it would bother us too much. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, Chris, thank you so much for for joining us. You, you were an excellent guest. We love talking baseball with you. You know, I I had so much more to, to ask you and, and talk to you about. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, down the line we'll get another opportunity to, to talk to you. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. And uh, yeah, let's definitely stay in touch, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. You have a great day. Uh, once again, that uh, was Chris Ello, a sports talk show host and uh, voice of San Diego State Athletics. Uh, we thank him again for, for coming on and being our uh, 18th guest on our podcast. Uh, have a great day, Chris. Thank you so much. You bet, guys. Thank you. Take care. All right, Patrick. Uh, it's nice uh, hearing uh, Chris's um, opinion on the team. Uh, it's it's always interesting seeing uh, you know an outside perspective, although he is uh, formerly a Padres uh, employee now. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a lot of good stuff to say, and I agree with him on a lot of his uh, points that he made. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much, folks, for, for uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, this is the 18th edition of the Padres uh, East Village Times podcast. Um, Patrick, you want to give us our uh, specifics, and we'll, we'll get out of here. Yeah, we're on uh, Podbean, East Village Times podcast. We're also on iTunes under the same name. Uh, James is on Twitter at EVT underscore news. I'm now That's So Padres, as was mentioned a few times. Uh, <laughs> give us both a follow. Um, give us a like on Podbean and... Uh, Keep listening. Thank you so much, folks. Uh, Have a great one. And uh, East Village Times podcast, signing out. Mm